Okay, pastures away. So we've had a few visiting preachers and things, and um, they needed someone to stand in the gap for the last week, so <laughs> I couldn't say no. <laughs> so I have a message for you guys, and I um, just pray it's a blessing to you. So if you turn to Matthew 25, Matthew 25, 21, and um, we'll get into it. So the message, basically the idea this morning is an encouragement or an exhortation to be faithful. Um, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, when the, when the Lord comes back, will he, will he find anyone faithful on the earth, you know? So, um. In Matthew 25, 21, I'll just, uh, I'll just read this verse. And then we'll look at, um, we're just trying to find our terms, see what does it mean to be faithful. And then we'll get some points out of this verse as well. So Matthew 25, 21 says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So I'll just pray, Father. Pray that you be with us this morning, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would um, give us understanding, Lord, to speak to each heart. I pray that you do what only you can do, Lord. I can't do anything, Lord, but um, Lord, as we abide in you, Lord, you can do many things, Father. So I pray that you be among us this morning, Lord. You promise in your word, where two or three are gathered in your name, you're there in the midst, Father. So I pray that um, your words this morning will fall on hearing ears, Lord, and soft hearts. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, so what does it mean to be faithful? Well, first we'll look at the, um, the opposite of that unfaithful just a, a few thoughts on that what a horrible thought to be considered unfaithful okay um but but it, it seems to be almost like a worldly trend today okay um nothing is fixed today you know people don't live by principles you might notice that everything has to be changed and updated you know every year there's a another another car comes out and all they do is like just change the shape of the lights or something or stick something on top of it and it's a new and updated and better version of something and we can't just stick with whatever wasn't good enough before that kind of idea okay and even you know when you're paying your bills sometimes we're rewarded for not being loyal in a sense that if you move all these companies are making a bunch of money on if you move and you're a new customer and they keep all their stats up like we've got this and we're growing but um, really it's just people are swapping back and forth and um, nobody's staying okay so you know that you've got bible uh, or dictionary um, definitions and things of unfaithful not observant of promises vows allegiance or duty, violating trust or confidence, treacherous, so it gets worse as the description goes on, or not performing the proper duty or negligent of that duty. Okay, so um, obviously we're looking at the point of faithful, but just looking at unfaithful just to get a, an idea, um, like would you like to have this type of boss at your work that was just didn't uh, do what they said they'd do, or um, promises were always broken? We wouldn't like that, okay? So then to switch that over, um, how much more when we consider spiritual and uh, eternal things would it be terrible to be unfaithful? Okay, so it says in 1 Timothy 4 that this is like a sign of the times. It says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. Okay, and if you just, just take one click on YouTube or a few, you'll find a lot of crazy things going on. Um, there was some crazy church over in America. It's always over in America, right? Um, they did some really crazy Easter play. Um, I don't know if you saw any of that, and there was uproar on, on, on the internet at least. Um, really crazy stuff. They swapped 
the person on the cross for a female and all sorts of crazy stuff, okay? So this is a sign of the times that we have, okay? And it says in Psalm 12, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Okay, so I guess the call this morning is, you know, you might, from an internet or cyber world point of view, you have many influencers, but where are the godly influencers? Okay, where are the people that will stand in the gap? Okay, because so our pastor is away right now, and um, he carries quite a burden um, to uh, minister to the church, to shepherd you guys the best way he can. And he preaches every Wednesday and every Sunday. And it's quite a big deal, you know, if, you, if you're one of these people that's kind of in the background and like myself and I'd preach every now and again. I, I, you know, to have to do that every Wednesday and Sunday is like a huge thing, never mind all the other things that he does. Okay, and um, we, we just need to value what we have here. And um, we need, you know, um, I'll probably get ahead of myself, but um, I'll just go ahead with my notes here. So now I'm going to the opposite and we'll just define faithful. Okay, so faithful is to be fixed like an anchor, to be loyal and devoted, steadfast, trustworthy, consistent, diligent, and for a Bible word, to abide. Okay, um, and of course we serve a faithful God, you know, um, his mercies are new every morning and um, we actually do have a faithful copy of his word right here okay God has preserved his word for us we can still read it today and there's a lot of people that wouldn't like for this to be around but it still exists because we have a faithful God and then the point I was going to bring up a minute ago I didn't want to get ahead of myself but to be to be a faithful church a church is made up of people the people are the church and to have a faithful church you have to have Faithful members of that church. You know, the body, the, the, the word says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Okay? And then as that church goes out, then um, the power of God is made manifest in the world because um, when other people see change in us, that, that, that shows the type of God that we have. And if people don't see any change, they don't, there's nothing for them to see, if you know what I mean by that. We're not being salty. Like if you turn to 2 Corinthians, I have a verse here. I have a lot of verses, but I'll spare you. <laughs> it's good to be in your in your in your Bible, hey. So Second Corinthians three on this point of um, God changing us and letting others see the change that God is doing in us, not for a show or anything, but just to show the power of God. It says in Second Corinthians three, verse two, Paul is speaking here and he says Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Okay, so basically what he's saying here is, you know, we have a testimony. We need to be faithful with that. And um, as we go out into our workplaces, into our schools and that kind of thing, people are watching us and they're reading us reading our reactions, and um, we, we desperately need to, to get the power of God, to, uh, to get the Spirit to help us, to be faithful, to show Christ um, for who He is in all His glory, that others might be changed, okay? Like, if I go to my own testimony, when, when my dad got saved, you know, he had a background in alcohol, and uh, he could come home and he'd say, things would be different. I'm doing this, I'm doing transcendental meditation, or... Um, you know, blah, 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 he'd have an answer, and we'd say, okay, and then time would go by, and things wouldn't be different, things would still be the same, okay? 
So when dad came home at that time and he said, John, I'm saved, I had the same reaction. Okay, good for you. I'm happy for you. I hope that works out for you. Uh, I was in college at this stage. But fast forward time, and I realized that dad was actually different. That he was made, like the Bible says, a new creature in Christ. And that manifestation of, like, God changed, you know, um, made a bit of an impact. So, the same way, we need to do that for somebody else. <coughs> Sorry. Okay, so other people need to see God change us. So we need to be faithful husbands, faithful wives, faithful moms and dads, Christian men and women, who let their light shine in a dark world, and young people who are faithful ambassadors for Christ. Now, I love that verse, um, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Okay? Because the Bible says, out of the mouths of babes hast thou, what is it, hast thou ordained strength, and, um, you know, young people can, can teach you a lot of things. Obviously, being a dad, I've, my kids, you know, they make the funniest comments, like, you know, and um, they really are on the ball, and they, they put a lot of information packed into this one little tiny sentence, and it just blows you away, you know. It's, it's really amazing. And spiritually, we can do that. We don't have to be this, you know, we don't have to be a pastor, or we don't have to be someone who's saved for 40 years to just be able to give someone that nugget of truth, and it's not our own. It's just something we've learned from our Heavenly Father, okay? So, um, um, you know, there's constant encouragement in, in the Bible um, and, and speak of people who, um, who fought that fight and they stayed faithful, you know. It says, and Samuel grew, I mean, First Samuel 3, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And then if you fast forward to the New Testament, Paul says to Timothy, O Timothy, Keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. Okay, so I kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but um, how are we going to accomplish so great a task? To be faithful to, to our Lord. He definitely deserves it, but how are we going to do that? And so the answer to that is that we're actually not able to, okay? But in Christ, all things are possible, okay? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, Okay. And the Bible says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Okay. Um, you know, when, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went against the flow and they stood up against Nebuchadnezzar and they wouldn't bow down um, when they started playing all that music and uh, to bow down before the idol, that golden idol. They said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Okay. And, and they, were, they were obviously, it goes on, they were prepared even if they weren't delivered, just to serve God anyway, okay? Um, so if you're saved this morning, you can have heaven's help. Um, even though we might, when we look around, see a great falling away of Christians and perhaps an increase in persecution, God can help you to keep standing and to keep serving, okay? But if you aren't saved, um, the Bible says, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that hear it say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. And that's from Revelation 22. So I've got three points for you this morning on, on the idea of being faithful. And it's just um, uh, be faithful over a few things. Um, be faithful despite the obstacles. And be faithful until Jesus returns. Okay, so I'll give you those three points and then we'll be done. Okay, so our first point, we kind of read it there um, in Matthew 
Um, Matthew 25, 21. I guess you could turn back there as we just remind ourselves. <coughs> so be faithful over a few things. So I'm getting this from um, 25, 21. Um, this is in the middle of a parable about the kingdom of heaven. Um, and uh, obviously the Lord goes away and he gives people uh, different uh, amounts of is this money or whatever. And then he's after coming back. Okay. And um, one of the guys does well. You see in the verse before, the guy that it was given five talents gained five more. And he said in verse 21 now, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Um, and here's the phrase, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Okay. So when thinking about being how to be a faithful servant, you know, it might, it, it's easy to become overwhelmed, okay, with all the things that we feel like we should be doing, okay? Um, and, you know, you, you've got books galore on the bookshelves, you know, of um, how to organize or keep a balance in your personal life, in your work life, um, you know, and even your Christian life. Um, but uh, I don't know, this is way before me or whatever, but, um, um, oh, no, I'll mention it this way. Uh, we had a preacher, some of you guys might remember, Buddy Blancall long time ago now, Buddy Blanca, but he came over and he was talking about this concept and he said he got it from the Ed Sullivan Show. So that's why I mentioned that. That's why before me. Um, I've seen it on YouTube, right? <laughs> um, so he started talking about after he getting saved and he was trying to do everything that he felt like should be done from day to day and week to week as a Christian, okay? But he likened it to um, spinning plates. So they used to do spinning plates, I guess, on the Ed Sullivan Show. And um, <coughs> so... When he got saved, he was like, okay, he, saw, he, he heard all of these good principles that he felt like he should apply to his life. You know, some people listened to preaching, and one preacher said, you know, you know, you should, to be a good dad, you should spend one hour with each of your kids every day, you know. And uh, he's like, okay, yeah, I've got seven kids, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then the preacher, you know, he said, I heard something else, like, you should spend quality time with your wife every day. And he was like, okay, maybe I should spend, you know, one or two hours with my wife every day. And um and then he heard some other preacher, he was preaching, and he was like, you guys shouldn't read four chapters a day, you guys should read 40 chapters a day. You know? So he was like, okay, I'm going to read 40 chapters a day. And you can see how he's like spinning all these, uh, these plates on, on, the, on the sticks. And then he, he heard some more preaching that he should be praying this much in every day, and that he should be knocking on this many doors every day. And you know what happens with the spinning plates then, when you just can't keep up with it, and everything comes crashing to the ground. Okay? So um, he said that that's how he felt. But we see the opposite here. When we look at, um, this was the guy that was given the most talents. And um, the Lord makes a statement here. He says, thou hast been faithful over a few things. Okay. <laughs> so you could take that in two ways. You could be like totally overwhelmed and go, the Lord calls out a few things. I'm, I'm ruined. I'm a goner. <laughs> or the Lord could be speaking truth, which he obviously is. And um, <laughs> um, it, it, it obviously is possible to do what he's asked us to do. And not, maybe not what we, th we imagine he's asking us to do okay so um you know the bible says that um god will order our steps and um so yes it can feel um like a lot of things but let's kind of try and define what what kind of things the lord wants us to be faithful about and hopefully all the rest of it will just fall into place after that okay so um you're in matthew 25 i've got um at verse 14 it says here okay at the start of the parable for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So 
the first point I'm going to make is um, we need to be faithful. The few things that we need to be faithful for are basically just to his call, to his call in general, okay? Um, you might have heard, you know, they've got a few phrases people say, if God says it, then that settles it. Or um, the idea that, you know, um, some people struggle with, let's say, some of the truths in the Bible, like um, the story of Jonah. But one guy said about the story of Jonah, if the Bible had said Jonah swallowed the whale, I would believe it. <laughs> okay? So sometimes we just need to, to settle things based on what God says. And we could struggle a lot, um, you know, trying to keep the idea of what we think God means. But if we just, if we just take a step back, you know. So Buddy Blanco, when he finished this illustration that he gave us back in, back whenever, um, um, he said the, the main thing was to keep the main thing the main thing. Okay, you might have heard that from a book or whatever. But um, obviously the main thing is Jesus Christ. Okay, and if, as long as we keep him high and lifted up in our lives, a lot of things will, will, um, will align themselves and um, that will guide us. You know, um, it's Jesus who has called us out of darkness and it's for his glory that we serve. And, you know, we keep his commandments because we love him. Okay, so all of that constrains us. You know, the love of Christ constrains us and puts us on this path that we, we cannot but go down if we keep ourselves in the love of God. Okay, and if we find ourselves struggling with that, if you turn to Revelation 2, the Bible can be very direct sometimes. You know, it says it's like a two-edged sword. And, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've ever been... Um, Let's say if I talk, think about my parents or whatever, and we have, I have this big argument in my head about why I want to do this, and they're not letting me or whatever, you know, and then my dad will just say like this one sentence, and it just cuts everything, you know, and I'm like, fine, I'm not allowed, you know, and it just, just settles everything, and it's like just the click of a finger. But here, you know, if you find yourself struggling, maybe sometimes as you walk with the Lord, um, in Revelation here, Jesus is talking about the different churches that are on the earth, and... Um, there's a good church here. It's um, Ephesus, is it? And then in Revelation 2, 4, he says, you know, he says there's good things about the church he's pretty happy with. But he says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Okay? So, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we're, we're, we're evangelizing, we're, we're witnessing to other people, we're, we will try and say that, you know, we're not preaching a religion. We're preaching a relationship. Okay? And um, that's what keeps us going. When we have that love, we love Jesus, he's preeminent in our lives, and he's on the throne of our hearts, then that just, that just calms everything down and it settles everything for us, okay? Um, so we just need to be faithful to his call. That's our first point, okay? And then you might have seen in the verse again, he called his own servants, and then it says, and delivered unto them his goods. So we need to be faithful. The, the second of the few things is with his goods, okay? So we need to deal faithfully with whatever the Lord has provided us with. Okay, whether that's, you see in the story, the guy with the five talents, the other guy has two, the other guy has one. Okay, and it says in 1 Peter 4, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So whatever you have, just use that. Okay, you don't have to have the five talents to get on well just because you've got five talents. You know, better than the person with one talent. God expects you to do what you can do where you're at, okay? So you don't have to, you know, um, if, if you're not in full-time ministry, you can't knock on 50 doors a day or any of these kind of stuff. So don't put that on your schedule. But you can talk to people that are at work. You might meet someone on the bus. You know, you could do something, something small um, 
and even even at that I would say it's not just sometimes it's not just out of our own heart like the Lord will prompt us and he'll let us know maybe you should say something to this person as the conversation is going on and those kind of little promptings are ones that we don't want to push aside though they're very easy to I must admit okay so we need to be faithful with his goods and the problem is you and I are quick to forget just how much God's grace provides okay because the Bible says he provides every good and perfect gift from above every good and perfect gift that's in our life is from God and um it's easy to forget that and just get used to the way life is, okay? Uh, there was this illustration I used to give the, the teens, um, you know, there's this guy and he calls the door, the guy opens the door and he just hands him 100 euro. The guy's like, nice, you know? And uh, the guy just walks off and he's like, okay. But then the next day around the same time, knock on the door, the guy gives him 100 euro and he's like, you know, the next day then he's like, you know, waiting. And the guy comes again. But then, as time goes by, he gets used to it. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's time for my hundred euro. Boom, you know, boom, boom, you know. And he's just expecting it, waiting. It's already spent. And we can get a little bit like that with all the gifts that God um, gives to us that we're receiving. We could just expect, oh, yeah, I woke up in the morning. Why wouldn't I, you know? But no, you need to be thankful. You need to be thankful that God has given you another day. Okay? And you go downstairs and you see your family. Yeah, my family live with me. No, your family are you know, given to you by God, y your, your wife, your kids that love you, you need to be very grateful, okay? And it's when we forget God and the goodness, we start to become unthankful, like it says in the end of Romans. And when we get unthankful, then we're on the wrong road altogether, okay? Um, and that's, uh, the unthankfulness is actually, um, you know, I read there um, about the last times, that's one of the qualities of um, mankind as we get further away from God. That we're unthankful. So just remember that your spouse and your, 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 if you're married, you know that your wife or your husband is a gift from God, you know. Um, and then your kids, they're on loan. Soon they'll be doing their own thing. But you're just entrusted to train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The church that we have here, you know, we just be glad that it's still open this Sunday, you know. Because <laughs> it doesn't have to be, you know. Your health, your job, your money everything we need to be faithful with with what God has given us and um, uh, just make sure that whatever it is that we're doing God is pleased with that okay so are you being faithful with to God with the things that he has entrusted to you now they used to have a band back in the 90s and I heard that that was even a rehash but I used to say what would Jesus do WWJD but I mean the thought of it is kind of interesting. I would probably change it to what would Jesus think, maybe for my point. <laughs> okay, so when you're doing, as you're going about the day, just make sure that things are acceptable in God's sight. Okay, so to his call, with his goods, and the final one of this first point is with your ability. So I kind of already mentioned that. I'll um, maybe gloss over a little bit. But if you turn to First Peter 2, um, and the phrase was also in our parable there in the next verse, you know, it says, um, and unto one he gave five, another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Okay? And then in First Peter 2, verse, um, where am I? Verse 2. First Peter 2, 2. Oh, yes. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Okay? So... <clears throat> You know, I mentioned that um, the plate spinning and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but the, the Bible says that 
you know, we have to start from somewhere. So from today, you have to start from somewhere, but God encourages you to grow, okay? So as you grow, you can take on more, okay? A kid can't do that much at two, but maybe they could do something at five, maybe they can do a lot more at nine. They're growing and they're increasing, okay? And as we grow in the Lord, we ought to be able to, to get stronger, to build better habits and, um, you know, use those gifts and, and those things that God has entrusted to us to, to multiply in whatever way, okay? In, in, the, in our parable, the guy who had five, he came back with another five. He was able to, to grow it and he was able to, I guess, you know, bring more glory to the Lord or just fulfill his task that he was given, okay? So with your ability and then also with your time, okay? And the Bible says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. I was talking to someone there the other day, I can't remember, but um, you know, if you kind of, one of the things Pastor made me do was to, to log everything I did for one week, <laughs> okay? And whether it was like, I'm having a sandwich, you know, 10 minutes, or whatever I did, I did that for a whole week, and then he said, now look at it and see where you spent your time. <laughs> and, um, you know, even when we're budgeting, we understand that, you know, um, a lot of times when teenagers start getting a job, and they'd be like, well, I need lunch. So they buy lunch and they buy a coffee or whatever. And then after the end of the week, they're like, I was expecting this much or whatever. But, I, you know, they, they realize that all of those little decisions add up. And now they've spent 30 euro in the week already of their paycheck just getting coffee and, and a sandwich. And then they realize, hmm, maybe I should bring a sandwich to work or this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, you know, with our time, how we use it, sometimes if you just look back and reflect, you can figure out, you know, you know, um, we say that we don't have time for stuff. Teenagers say they don't have time to study. And Alex said, not Cleb, he's brilliant. <laughs> okay, but then look back and they've had time to spend three hours on their PlayStation and they've had time to go out with their friends, but they've just chosen to spend it in a certain way, okay? And we can learn and we can grow as we spend our time um, to maybe make it on better things and to be a good steward of the time that God has given us. Okay, so that's our first point. Be faithful over a few things. Then the next one, is um, we're back in Matthew 25. Be faithful despite the obstacles. So this is, this is an interesting one, okay? So it's all well and good while you're turning to Matthew 25, 25. It's all well and good knowing that we need to be faithful to God's call with his goods according to our ability. Um, but doing those things and actually being faithful is where the rubber meets the road, okay? So in this parable here, you'll notice that the guy with one talent, he had an excuse. Okay, and his excuse here was, and I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Okay, so he was just afraid. All right. Um, yeah, I have a quote here. A boxer, Mike Tyson, famously said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> I thought that was good. All right. So we might have good intentions. They say the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't know if you've heard that one. Okay. And that's a little bit of why the Bible says we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because it's easy to hear and go, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And then just go home. <laughs> and keep doing whatever you were doing previously and not change. Okay. So, um, you know, when a plan hits the real world, it often gets derailed. And we need to be prepared for that. And that's why um, the, the Bible speaks a lot about this. Okay. I mean... We all have struggles in our life. I don't know your struggles. Um, you don't know mine, perhaps. But um, God does, okay? And he has uh, spoken a lot about it. And he has uh, lessons in his word about how to overcome the obstacles and keep going, okay? Um, 
to overcome, um, uh, like to define it or whatever, it means to conquer or to overflow. Okay, one part, one thing overflows another. One thing conquers another. That thing is overcome. Okay, um, so we need to learn how to do that in our lives. Okay, um, so I'll I'll just divide it into three things. So we need to overcome fear, flesh, and foes. That's how I put it. Okay, so fear. We'll start with that one, the first one. Okay, so you might. Already know the verse, let's just turn there anyway to Romans 12. We need to overcome our fears, the Bible teaches us, by renewing our minds. Okay, you might have heard this already. I hope it's not trite, because it's a great truth. But Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God okay so um, how would I do that okay fear fear definitely changes you know let's say that the fear you know when someone gets punched in the mouth in, in a fight or whatever they might have had a plan you know um, I don't know if you're into boxing or whatever, but um, they learn about the other person's fighting style and they say, when he does this, you need to, you know, he's going to do that and you'll come back and you come underneath or whatever and they have a plan. But then when they go in and they get punched, there's like the fog of war, like Sun Tzu says, right? And um, they just forget all of the good things that they were supposed to be doing, all right? And we can get like that a lot, you know, we can go home after church and we're like, yeah, you know, things are going to be different. Remember I was saying that? But then they're not in the end, okay? And um, one of the reasons why is that fear can overcome us okay job says in in job 3 25 for the thing which i greatly feared has come upon me and that which i was afraid of is come unto me okay so job's fear influenced him okay i mean mean, maybe a a more personal um illustration might be covid19 okay covid19 made us do a lot of things that we never did before okay and that was all born of fear okay and maybe mandate too but i'll just leave that off okay but, you know, <coughs> the Bible says God had not given us a spirit of fear, okay? And how are we going to overcome that, right? Um, well, when God appeared to Elijah in a whirlwind, that changed him. And it, it, like he was afraid of Jezebel. He was d- discouraged because he felt like he was the only one serving the Lord at the time. But when the Lord appeared to him in, in well, it was more a still small voice, I should say. Um, when he connected with the Lord and when he realized who the Lord was, I guess, or he got a glimpse of who he really was, that changed him, okay? Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is clean. So when God is what we fear the most, when we put that above, that renews our mind. That's how the renewing works, okay? It overflows. And now we don't see that fear in the same light. We see it from a different position, from in Christ, basically, rather than just on our own, okay? Um, So... um, how do we renew our mind and how do we stay faithful when the giant fears of this world come knocking? Um, well, um, I've got two verses. Just Philippians 2. These, these, uh, each of these points is worth like a load more study. Okay, So forgive me if you feel like I'm glossing over these. Um, I just want to touch on a few things and I hope maybe... That would be a catalyst for you to maybe look into something that the Lord points out to you in a deeper manner. So, 
It basically says in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, <laughs> okay, and then it describes a little bit of how Jesus thought. Okay, so basically we need to think like Jesus. It seems, you know, really oversimplified there. But um, how, how would we think, how, how, do, how do we do that? Um, think like Jesus, okay? Well, the first part is get in God's word. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Reading and meditating on God's word when we're thinking about that rather than thinking about, you know, some season of something we're watching on Netflix or whatever. You might notice, like, let's say, if you watch something or if you're thinking about something, you'll want to talk about it or bring it up in a conversation the next day. It just happens because we went in. You know, they say garbage in, garbage out. Okay? But the same way, if you put some good stuff in you, if you put the Word of God in you, it'll come out. <laughs> you'll want to talk about it. You'll be like, I saw this thing. This is really cool. Or... You know, I read this, or, um, and I don't know why, but I'm thinking about this, you know, blah, blah. And you can talk and, and relate to someone about those sort of things um, because it's in your heart. And then that way then you're not thinking about, you know, if you think about the concept of bitterness, it's, you know, you think in your mind and you, let's say you're bitter with someone and, you know, you have all these, like, conversations in your head. You're talking to them and you're getting the upper hand in the conversation or the argument and you're going over the thing again and you're like, if I did this, oh, ha, ha, you know, I would have overcome them and they would have been small and tiny and and you're thinking like that and that's all stewing in your mind and that root of bitterness is growing down and hardening your heart and um, some people can't get free from that stuff okay but um, if we're thinking about the word of God that stuff takes our mind it overflows and washes away all that stuff and all of a sudden we're thinking differently and um, maybe over time our heart will soften and we won't feel that way about that person anymore that kind of way okay and that's that's a renewing of the mind, okay? And the other part, which is the harder part, <laughs> is trusting and obeying what the Word says. So we have to read it and meditate on it and think about it. But when it tells us to do something, we don't often like that. Like, try telling my kids not to do this or not to eat that or whatever. They, they want sugar, you know? <laughs> okay? And the same way we want to do what we want to do, okay? We're just big kids, right? <laughs> um, and when the Bible says something to us, we have that same reaction. We're like, well, I don't think it's that way. I think it means something else, you know. <laughs> and we justify it and wrap it up in some other thing, and then we keep going the way we want to go. And that's not what we ought to do. We ought to just trust and obey like, we're, like the hymns that we sing, okay? So that's a little bit about our fear and renewing our minds. So we need, we need to overcome fear in our hearts by the renewing of our minds. But we also need to overcome our flesh. Overcome our flesh. This is a big one. Um, by overcome our flesh I have written here by mortifying the old man is all Bible terms Romans 7 let's just go to Romans 7 I hope I have enough time for this Romans 7 verse 18 okay we get the concept of the flesh here Romans 7, 18 says, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwell it no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Okay, so notice again, like, it's kind of like the James verse where there's doers and hearers. This guy has a will or a desire to do that and to perform that which is, uh, to, to do the good, but how to actually perform it or whatever, he's, it gets derailed, okay? So, you're uh example that most people will turn to is um, Joseph, okay? He's a great example of being a faithful steward his whole life, almost, you know. 
um, and how Potiphar's wife continually was, he had to keep refusing her um, un until, you know, he basically got removed from that temptation <laughs> uh, in the end, okay? But he describes how he overcame his flesh. He says in Genesis 39.9, he says, How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Okay, so I was talking there about trusting and obeying when we know we need to act on that, that truth. Okay, and um, the Bible describes it somewhere else. Paul says, I die daily. Okay, and that, he calls it dying for a reason, or the Bible describes it as dying for a reason because, you know, <clears throat> obviously dying isn't fun. Okay, that's the most obvious way I can put it. Okay, and turning away from that temptation and turning away from whatever it is the way you feel or the thing that you want to say or whatever it is that has to die a death and that hurts that's humbling okay you don't feel very big you know these kind of things whatever it's not very good for your ego is it <laughs> all right but we have to die to that okay kicking and screaming okay so joseph what joseph ended up doing when that temptation grabbed a hold of him he just ran he ran away <laughs> okay and he, he did a good job. Then he got sent away to, to jail, obviously, after that. But that fixed it permanently, right? Um, and he made a good choice. And God honors him for that. And we're still talking about him, okay? Um, what I was kind of talking about earlier, you know, when we're renewing our mind, we're trying to change how it is that we think and feel, okay? And um, one illustration I came across was um, there was this uh, American Indian guy, and he used to go to these, like, um, dog fights, and um, he had two dogs, a white dog and a black dog or whatever. And he'd always be able to tell which one would win. So they'd be like, he was just famous for it. They'd come in and he'd be, f I don't, I'm not condoning any of this. This is just an illustration, okay? He'd be able to say, um, today black dog win or, you know, today white dog win, that kind of stuff. And they'd always be surprised. They'd be like, how do you know which dog is going to win? How can you just tell? And he says, um, dog that win, dog I fed the most, <laughs> you know? Okay, and in the same way in our lives, what, whatever we're feeding, that's going to help us to overcome, either be overcome of evil or be overcome of good, okay? Because um, um, you all know, like, you know, um, definitely uh, if you have dessert after a dinner or something, that's really nice, it's sugary and that kind of thing. But then fast forward to the next day after dinner, you finish dinner, people aren't over, so there's no dessert, and you're kind of like, wow, yeah, I feel like a dessert, you know, that'd be really nice, you know, because you've got that sugar cycle going, okay? So what you've fed is there's consequences later, <laughs> okay? And people can keep turning to that sugar, and, you know, that's something that they need to deal with, right? But um, the Bible says, um, we're in Romans 7, just turn to Romans 8. So we're talking about being, being led a certain way. Romans 8, verse 13 says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay, so we need to learn to be led by the Spirit rather than led by the flesh. Okay, and you know, you can go to Galatians 5 for all that kind of stuff, the works of the flesh, the works of the Spirit, that kind of thing if you want to study more. Okay, so um, that's a little bit about overcoming our flesh. Um, and then my final point for this one then is oh, um, we need to overcome our foes by doing them good. So we had fear, flesh, and this one is foes, okay? So you guys are in Romans. If you go just a bit further to Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 
I mentioned this verse already a little bit in a paraphrase. Romans 12, 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay? So when striving to be faithful to God and his word, not only do you encounter resistance from within your own heart and your own flesh, but also from people around you. I kind of mentioned a little bit about that already. Um, but, you know, the Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? With principalities and powers, okay? So, you know, the whole concept is people might argue with us or be hurtful towards us, but we need to remember that that's actually a spiritual fight. And our quarrel is with the spirit that is motivating the other person and maybe tempting to motivate us as well. You know, when um, Jesus was walking, I think he was walking to Jerusalem and um, he had his face turned away from the, the town that he was t walking by or whatever, they got offended and um, they were uh, not being nice, I suppose I should say. And uh, the disciples got offended and they said, you know, Lord, will we call fire down upon them like Elijah did and burn them up, you know? And Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. So that spirit that kind of had gripped a hold of them in that point was something that they needed to to turn away from okay so um you know it, same again in, in family you know when my kids fight and argue i find i often have to tell them that whatever the wrong their sibling did to them didn't justify the wrong that they did back you know that kind of idea so w they have you know a personal responsibility or they have an o their own volition their own will when someone does something to them they don't want to be a victim and just react right back okay so they have the honor of being able to um, make a choice for themselves, okay? And let, I always say, you know, let that other person get in trouble because then daddy will have to talk to that other one and not you, <laughs> okay? And, um, you know, I, I tell them that and then I get myself in trouble and I'm all the same, you know. We're, we're all the same, you know, I've got flesh too, okay? Um, but I'm, I'm trying to teach them, okay? So um, instead of fighting with fire, you know, the Bible tells us to respond by blessing that person with good. Ouch, you know, that's really hard. Um, that's really hard, you know. So Jesus teaches us, obviously he's done that. He says when he was reviled, he reviled not again in First, first Peter 2. Okay, and then it goes on in the next chapter then in First Peter 3 to say, you know, if, if we suffer when we do something wrong, we deserved it. You know, essentially what the, what the Bible is teaching us. If, you, if, you got if you're stealing and you got caught and now you've got consequences, tough. That's what happens when you steal, you know. <laughs> okay, but it says... Rather, if you suffer wrongdoing for doing good, so that's acceptable with God, okay? And he says that then you're committing yourself to God instead and letting God work on that situation. Um, and that's what, why Pilate marveled so much, whatever, you know, when Jesus was silent. And he's like, don't you know that I've got the power, you know, to free you, Art? You know, and he's, Jesus was like, you'd have no power at all. If it wasn't given to you from above, you know. Jesus was just like, you know, I don't have to argue my case here or whatever, you know, God, God will, God's will be done. Nevertheless, his will be done. Okay. And in the same way, we kind of have to let go like that. But again, remember that dying daily thing? That's, that's hard. <laughs> okay. And um, that's way easier said than done. Okay. So the Bible talks about that. that that's like mortifying, putting off the deeds of the flesh um, and replacing good reactions instead of letting bad reactions. Okay. I came across this one. I was reading a book and... Um, some of these farmers came up to this guy and uh, a Christian fella and they said, well, they were Christian as well, so they were wondering what to do. They had spent all day in the field. They had a rice paddy and they had worked in their rice paddy and filled it with water and stuff. And when they came back the next day, someone had come and emptied all the water out of their field and put it into their, their field, you know. 
Um, so they were kind of offended and they stopped the, the tract or whatever and they filled theirs up again and did more work that day. And then when they went home and came back the next day, the person had done it again. So they went to this fellow, Watchman Nee was his name um, in China, and they said, what should we do or whatever? And um, he said, oh, um, tomorrow, if it happens again, go and work in their field first and finish off whatever needs to be done there and then work on your field. And they were like, what do you mean? Or whatever, this guy they're taking from us, you know, that kind of thing. And he was like, just, yeah, you'll see or whatever, you know. So they did what he said and then they did their field and they were really late going home. And then when something like the next day or whatever, um, the people from the other field came over to them and said, why did you do this? You know, and they're like, we're, we're Christians, you know, we, um, we try and honor our Lord Jesus, you know, and that's why we did it. And these people were like, you know, what, what is this? Tell us more, basically. Okay, I'm totally paraphrasing here. But I, you remember earlier on in, 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 in the preaching, I was saying that, you know, that the power of God is made manifest when we allow God to change us and other people see that and it makes a difference, okay? So that, that made an impact on them and, and those people be, became Christians. And that's not just an illustration, that's actually in some guy's biography, that was a real story, okay? So um, when we do other people good and when we have that different reaction, people will know at work or whatever, something different about that person. And then, and then what we do and what we say has a bit more weight or maybe they'll be willing to listen more to the gospel because they know we don't have the same thing like we have the same problems but we don't have the same way of dealing with them or whatever and what's what is this that you that you have that I don't have okay um, so that's overcoming our foes by doing them good okay so first point faithful over a few things second point faithful despite the obstacles last point um, make sure I have enough time here yeah um, be faithful until Jesus returns okay so I'm back in Matthew 25 Matthew 25, 19. So it says here, After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. So, you know, obviously the Bible teaches us we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. A lot of people argue about the order of events. <laughs> okay? But the fact of the matter is Jesus is coming back. Okay? <laughs> we can't argue about that. Right? Well, maybe some people do argue, right? And we can... Uh, withstand that at least okay Jesus the Bible teaches Jesus will come back okay he promised us that he will come again and receive us unto himself John 14 okay and um, you know it says it's in Luke 12 46 that the Lord will come he'll come in a day when you and I look at not for him and at an hour when he is not aware okay that's the phrase there so um the Bible goes on then and teaches us that we just, because of that, because we don't know when, that we need to run the race with patience, okay? So um, we need to live our life and pace ourselves almost like a marathon runner. You know, if you if you know anything about running or whatever, people run at certain rates per, you know, certain kilometers per hour or whatever way you want to put it. And um, you know from your training what your race pace is, what your training pace is, you know, they say do 80% of slow work, 20% kind of more speed work, blah, blah, blah. But when you're running a marathon, you know that you can't break this certain amount or you're going to burn yourself out, okay? Um, and you won't make the 26.2 miles or whatever. Um, 
never mind always hitting a wall at mile 20 or so, whether you keep your race pace and you're disciplined or not. Okay, and it's the same way in our Christian life, you know, like those spinning plates I kind of referred to in the back. Sometimes, um, you know, people can try and do too much and also try and do it in their own strength, okay? And um, they can get burnt out, they can get offended, they can walk away, they can shipwreck their faith because of some decisions or way that they were living, okay? And um, the struggle is that we need to run with patience and we just need to do those few things like we were talking about here, um, to, to stay faithful, okay? Why? Well, obviously, you know, we want, we want to hear, like was in the, the theme verse there, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Um, you know, we want to hear a well done, like you want to do a good job. Who wants to do a bad job? You know what I mean? Uh, nobody, okay? But the Bible teaches that there are, are great re rewards, okay? And um, um, I suppose I kind of get back to my my original point, you know, how, how can we, you know, when the Bible says we're but dust and ashes, stay faithful, okay? Um, so there's a lot of verses that I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. Maybe we'll turn to a few of them just as an encouragement to keep going, okay? So you might be in the thick of it. You might be at that wall, you know, like the, the marathons runners talk about or whatever, that you're not sure. Do you want to keep going? Do you want to give up? You're not getting on well with your walk with the Lord or there's just some struggle in your life that's really overcoming you okay um so let's just turn away uh, turn to hebrews 10 <coughs> hebrews 10 just a few verses and we'll be done hebrews 10:35 So Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which had great recompense of reward. And it goes on and says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Okay? So there's, there's a reward there the Bible is teaching us, okay? For staying faithful. All right? And um, we just need to keep going. If you imagine, again, uh, in a race, you know, um, a lot of the times... Um, some of those kind of amazing finishes in the Olympics. There's, there's a guy, he's ahead and he's running, you know, and he's trying to make it in the last 100 meters or so, but this other guy is catching up, he's catching up. You know, it's a very exciting kind of finish to a race. We all kind of like that kind of thing. But it says in um, Revelation 3, Jesus is speaking here. He says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Okay, so we need to keep going that we're not overcome by that runner behind us. And he'll be the one who gets that medal or whatever. And then, you're, you know, like it says, no man take that crown. And then you'll be disappointed and that sort of thing. But if you just keep faithful over those few things, you can cross that line and you can say, like, Paul, I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. Okay? Um, and it says, again, in First Corinthians 15, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Right? And that whole verse goes on. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Okay? Um, and maybe I'll get you to turn to one more. Back to Romans 8. Romans eight eighteen. Again, there's just great reward, like just hearing a well done from Jesus. I mean, that would be very satisfying, right? <laughs> Is that a small word? Paul says in Romans eight eighteen, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, 
if you're suffering, struggling, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay? So, you know, our life is but a vapor and it won't be long before we enter into the joy of our Lord. You know? And um, he promises to make everything right. Okay? No matter what you're going through, uh, again in Revelation 21 it says that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and then there will be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Okay? So there's a hymn, um, it's Hold the Fort, I don't know if you heard that one. And um, was written by this guy, Philip Bliss, and the idea for the hymn came to him from something that happened during the American Civil War. Um, so I've written here, it says, At Altoma Pass, the fort being held by General Course, was besieged by the enemy under General Hood, who summoned it to surrender. Course refused to surrender. Many were the casualties, but in spite of the hopeless situation, the defenders remained faithful. Then a white signal flag across the valley some 20 miles away waved the message, Hold the fort, for I am coming. General Sherman was marching to the relief of the beleaguered and faithful defenders. Okay? So, you know, God, God will come and he will make everything right and he will take you out of whatever it is that you're going through. I mean, you know, it's another truth that sometimes God wants to go through that struggle with us and he's not willing to take us out of that because when we come forth out of that eventually we'll be more precious than gold but there will be a day when we'll just be taken out of every struggle and as I read there there'll be there'll be nothing nothing more that we would uh, have caused to fear of because we'd be with the Lord okay so maybe there's some here while I've been talking about faithfulness you don't know that you're saved um, you know without salvation the Bible teaches that there'll be no work that is acceptable in his sight okay so when Jesus returns, which we've already said that the Bible teaches us will happen, what will you do? Okay, what will you do if you don't have the Lord? Okay, you know we. So that's why we we give the these verses out. You know, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, and again, you know, Jesus is calling a whole world to be born again. Okay, but for the Christian, if you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, is there anything that you would change about how you live now? Okay, a lady once asked John Wesley, that suppose he were to know that he would die at 12 midnight, um, how would he spend the intervening time? And he replied, why madam, just as I intend to spend it now, I would preach this evening at Gloucester, and again at 5 tomorrow morning, and I would ride to Tewkesbury, preach in the afternoon, meet the societies in the evening, I would then go to Reverend Martin's house, who expects to entertain me, talk and pray with the family as usual, retire to my room at 10 o'clock, commit myself to my Heavenly Father, lie down to rest, and wake up in glory. <laughs> so he said he wouldn't change a thing, okay? And it, it would be nice if we could look at our lives and say, there'd be nothing that I would, not a thing I would change about how I live this day if I knew this was my last. Okay, so... Um, Today is the time that we need to be living for God faithfully. Romans 13 says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. So let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time you to spend in your word. Thank you for the truths, Lord, and the encouragement to be faithful, Lord. It could be quite hard, Lord, and we can struggle through, and we can know about what we should do but you know like Paul was saying how to perform that which is good we find not Lord and um, we can still struggle Lord even having our Bibles in front of us Lord so I pray that you would just um, 
help us by your spirit, Lord, that you would um, just do a work in us that we can't seem to do ourselves, Lord. Um, and you say to all of us, Lord, um, if we're burdened or heavy laden, to come unto you, Lord, and that you will give us rest, Father. So I pray if, if anyone is struggling to find rest, Lord, that they would come to you this morning and that um, I know that they would receive everything it is that they, they would um, desire from you, Lord. Um, because you just you just want to you just want you want to help them, Lord, to, to love you and to serve you, Lord. So I just pray that you would um, bless your word, um, bless us as we go home now, and um, we just love you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name, Amen.